Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Seeking First. I am Shana Harvey from Insight Total Stewardship, and today we have a special, special, special guest in our studio, also known as my office, um, Sharita Reyes, who is here to drop some knowledge on our uh, Money on Purpose series. Um, last week or last recording, we talked about the security seeker personality. So if you haven't heard that uh, with Kara Pilkington, go back and take a listen. But today we are going to talk about the saver personality. Uh, and the saver personality um, is what Sharita came out as. And so say hi to the people, Sharita. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read you a little bit of a bio uh, of Sharita uh, just briefly. But I will say that I've known Sharita since I don't even know what year that was. Two thousand. Oh, geez. Okay. So, like, yeah, 2019, 18, 19 years, something like that, um, at New Covenant, um, <clears throat> and uh, going to intercessory prayer together, small groups, uh, a whole bunch of shenanigans, <laughs> um, life shenanigans, yes. weddings, marriage, engagement, <laughs> birth. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've seen a lot of Sharita. So I'm going to introduce her to you guys. Um, she also is a recent author of a book called Behind the Veil, which is preparation for and uh, how would you describe it actually? Preparation for marriage or for married people? Well, it was originally written. Um, with the idea of preparation for marriage. However, the feedback that I've gotten since the book has been released um, in January is that basically everyone has been able to take something from it. Those who are not married and are waiting, those who have been married for quite some time, um, those who are not married and are not thinking about marriage at all, folks have said that it has helped them with some other relationship issues they may have been having with co-workers. Oh, um, wow. So I would say that the book is pretty universal. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Okay, well, use it to your glory. <laughs> you have uh, no idea what God is going to yes. do. So you just do it and figure it out like, figure it later. Out. Uh, but I'll read you her, her bio from the book. Uh, she wrote the book under her middle name, Bashtai Reyes, who... Uh, for those familiar with scripture, was a uh, queen. Um, it was Esther, the book of Esther, right? Right. And Esther, um, she was who Esther replaced. Right. Uh, Vashti was not having it when Xerxes was like, come and uh, entertain and let me parade you before the yes. people. And she was like, no, you ain't going to do that to me. <laughs> I know my worth. <laughs> I know my worth. That's not going to happen. Um and there's an element of that in Sharita, I would say, <laughs> of the null spirit. <laughs> so, Gotta keep her legacy going. <laughs> right. Uh, Sharita is a wife and a mother of five children. Uh, she has been married for now almost 10 years, ten actually. Years. 10 July years. 11. July 11th. Yes, I was there to witness yes. this <laughs> marriage. The whole process. The whole process, which is another podcast for another day. <laughs> uh, but get the book. She'll talk about it. Yes. Um, she has a Master of Human Services degree uh, from Lincoln University, and she's been employed in human services for over 25 years. Her primary focus has been counseling for children, adults, and families. 
uh, Vashti, also known as Sharita, believes that to understand the individual, you must research and study the family history. Um, this ideology has been influenced by both her personal and professional experiences. Vashti slash Sharita uh, has had a love for writing since her youth. However, as an adult, she's used to writing creatively to express her thoughts, document conversations with God, and construct visions for her life purpose. Normally, Sharita is quiet and behind the scenes type of person, but when presented an opportunity to encourage someone or operate in her gift, then she presents boldly and fiercely. She has a heart for people and a desire to see everyone healed, whole, and free. Uh, she attended New Covenant Church of Philadelphia for 10 years under Bishop C. Milton Granham and Reverend Hyacinth Bob Granham, which is where we met. Yeah. Uh, she learned to pray, rightly divide the word, and understand kingdom responsibilities there at New Covenant. Uh, and she now has joined us today for this episode of Seeking First as a saver. So I had everybody uh, who's coming on the show take the financial personality um, assessment, I guess you would call it. And uh, she came out as a saver and a risk taker. So was that surprising to yes, you? Yes, it was very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it was very surprising to me. Um, because that's not how I was raised. Um, <laughs> really? I, yeah, yeah. I really wasn't given any financial um, teachings huh. as a child coming up. And so I remember, you know, I was raised by a single parent. My mom raised my brother and I. She was struggling financially. And so I actually started working at 13, at the age of 13. Mm. And um, I was operating from you know, a level of crisis. Like there were so many needs that needed to be met. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't thinking about saving money. I, I would say it probably was all risk, you know, <laughs> um, because I wasn't saving anything. Um, um, every piece of finances that was coming in, I had to spend it, you know, right. for transportation or, you know, clothing or eating or whatever. And so, I, I just didn't. So even in my late teens and early 20s, when I was out on my own, it was like baptism under fire. You know, mm. my credit, I had already messed my credit up um, because I didn't understand money. I didn't right. understand. Um, and so I had to figure it out like, oh, OK, yeah, um, credit is important. I want to purchase a house. I'm 22 now, so I have to I have to fix some stuff up. You know, I have to save money. So, right. you know, if there are any repairs or bills or anything that may come up, um, you know, I can be able to handle that, and I'm not in a crisis. So you basically learned it was like trial by fire. Trial by fire. Let me see. You know, if this is what I need to do, then I need to do it. Right. So it was basically just a moment by moment. Like this is the need. So let me do what it takes to get to get the need met. To get the need met. Yes. And lo and behold, underneath all of that was this saber personality. So do you think this evolved like over time? Definitely become this? evolved over time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is still evolving. <laughs> so this was not always you. No, it was not always me at all. <laughs> what would you say you were like as a kid outside of the kind of necessity of working early and things like that, what did you, um, how did you engage money or how did you think about it? 
You got money, you spent it. Oh. So it was, that was you it. Were, it was here for me to spend. It wasn't it wasn't there for anything else for me to spend. Mm. I, I, I want to go to the store to buy some candy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's what you do. Clothes or whatever. You know, I'm going to spend this money. Thank you. <laughs> spend it. <laughs> save it. Save it. Why? Why should I save it? I need it now. Save for what? Right. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, when you talk about the personalities themselves, um, some people do say, oh, I've been this all my life. Um, and other people are like, no, I, you know, I think this happened over time as a necessity for where I am in my life. And I became more of this. Sounds like you're, you're the latter. Um, so let me talk a little bit about what the saver personality um, entails. And I will say that she and I actually have the exact same um, personality. So I'm a saver risk taker. Um, so, which probably shouldn't surprise a lot of people. But uh, savers tend to be, uh, well, I wouldn't say hoarders when it comes to money because <laughs> we're not really hoarders, but we are conservative with a dollar. So we're not exactly going to, you know, blow it. Um, how would you say that this saver personality shows up in your life right now? I'm all, I'm, I am always mindful of what we're going to have to do. You know, especially at this age of 43 now. It's like, okay, I plan to retire soon. I need to put money away. I need to have money put aside because I'm tired of working. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least in a traditional sense. Um, And so when having five kids, it's like I have to be mindful of that. Mm. You know, they they may still have needs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still have younger ones who have to, you know, who will be going to college. And so I need to be able to be you know, available for them if something, you know, may arise for them. Right. Um, and so I'm constantly thinking about, you know, where the money may need to go. Okay. And and having a supply of money or resources so, you know, we can be set for the future. Okay. Um, would, so, would you say that you are cheap <laughs> or a penny pincher? I am definitely a penny pincher. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the aspects of a saver personality. You tend to be, uh, as my cousin puts it, conservative with a dollar. Yes, um, I try to be. Yes. I try to be. So, okay. So if you're a penny pincher, how does that show up? Uh, where do you see it um, showing up? I, I need to look at the cells. Mm. Um, at, at once. <laughs> I had to take myself and and go into rehab because I was rehab. <laughs> I was heavy into couponing. Like no, no, oh, no we can't I buy remember it. That. It's yes. on sale. I have the coupons <laughs> and I still will double it and triple it. And so no, we're not gonna pay full price for that. Um, my husband was like, "Girl, we at the store. We need it. I'm going to get it." I'm like, "No, no, no! I didn't bring my coupons. No, we can't get it. You have to wait." <laughs> cheaper deal the cheaper deal because i had the coupons <laughs> and so it was gonna be well worth it and that was his argument as well like you still had to you know use gas i'm like no 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 but it's gonna be well worth it because with the coupons <laughs> see the coupon <laughs> the magic coupon <laughs> the coupon now i was like this i tried to get into couponing when she was into it so she was trying to teach me like 
how to do it. And I was looking at stuff and I was just like, I can't do this. Now I'm a saver as well, but I don't, I, for some reason I couldn't get into couponing. I think it was the time it took and like all the resources, but you was going for, I remember you was buying like Tide, like it was. <laughs> at one point, I had over 25 um, <laughs> containers of Tide. Like, listen, it was on sale for $1.99. I had a coupon, so I got it all for 99 cents. Like, we're going to use Tide, right? Wow. And I had about 40 doings. Like, it was on sale for 99 cents. I had a coupon. <laughs> Shop right doubles it. So, you get but 50 cents, you can't pass that up, right? So they're like, Yeah, but it's stuff like falling off the canvas or whatever. But we're going to use it, we're going to need it. And it was there for quite some time, like, I didn't have to go shopping for I'm like, See, see, it was beneficial. And then yeah. after I was like, Yeah, I think it's really bad. I need this stuff. So you, you put yourself in rehab, I put myself in from rehab. that. I was driving by, my family crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't let them get anything. I, I there's a coupon at home, don't get it now. We'll go back and get the coupon. Wow. Okay, yeah, that'll drive them nuts, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, what? Yeah. That is that is one of the characteristics of a saver personality. You cannot pay full price for things. So let me read you some of the other um, characteristics of a saver personality. Number one, savers get a genuine rush from saving money. Yes. It's a source of pride to get something you wanted for less than what it actually costs. Yes. <laughs> you agree. Yes. So when you when you say that, then I would have to say then, yeah, in my early days as a kid, I guess I was, I did have these characteristics mm. because I remember 13 or 14 years old, I used to shop and dating myself. I used to shop at Learners and Mary Ann. Yes. Learners. And I would save up my coupons and they would have a sub, mm. save my coupons. And I would use the coupons. This is they probably changed the rules because I was just going crazy. <laughs> it would be on sale. We're always waiting for it to sell. So if, if it was a jacket or something I saw, I would stalk it. Like, okay, it's on sale now and I got these coupons. Mm -hmm. And they had something else that I would use. And then I had a credit card. At like 17, I had like 17 credit cards. Oh my god. 17, gosh. 18 credit cards. Wow. Like I have a coupon. And so because, I'm sorry, I have my credit card. Because I have my credit card, you get a certain percentage off. Mm -hmm. And so I would use all that together. And maybe the jacket started at $70 and I would walk away with like paying $10. So oh. I was like, yes. <laughs> so and everyone behind me would be like, if she pulls out something else. <laughs> <laughs> so you were that lady in the store. Yes. <laughs> Holding up the line. Because you got to get your coupon. I gotta get, but then I would want to <laughs> educate everyone else. Like, listen, I got an extra one. You can, all you have to do, and they were like, she has to go. Yeah, because <laughs> when you tried to educate me on how to do it at CVS, I, I didn't get it right. You were like, okay, when you get your, because uh, you know CVS receipts be like 20 miles long. Right. When you get the receipt, like you get, you buy something, you get the receipt for the extra care bucks, right. and then you go back and get it. And he'd be like, hold up, don't ring this up. And I was like, I'm confused. So I ended up paying <laughs> full, full price. price just because I couldn't figure out the system. <laughs> so I was real mad about that. I was like, oh, she got to explain it to me. I think I called you when I was in there, too. And I was like, how you do this again? Um, but I, I just I just gave up. I was like, oh, I can't even do this. But I do love when you get to save money. Yes. And you're like, wait, it used to cost this, but I got it for this? Yes. Oh, this is it a sweet is deal. A rush. It yeah. is a rush to get a deal. Yeah, I get excited. <laughs> it is a rush. That's so funny. 
This is the other characteristic of a saver personality. They're organized, responsible, trustworthy when it comes to money. A saver won't tap out the kid's college fund to pay for a new boat. Would you say? You're responsible. That's correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, They rarely spend impulsively. Savers will scour the internet for deals, plan every detail of a vacation, and make sure they have the money in hand before making a purchase. Yes. Now, (laughs) my husband finds all of the, Charles finds all of our vacations. Mm. But I am like, okay, well, what do we want to do? He finds the vacations and plans the activities. I'm like, okay, well, we can spend this on that and then this. (laughs) Right. Okay, yeah, that's doable. Wait, you want to randomly eat somewhere? Mm. Well, let's see. Okay, maybe we can do that. So I think that's where more of my risk taker, because he's very spontaneous. Like, Mm. it's money, we spend it. Mm -hmm. We need to go on vacation. We work every day. Like, why not go on vacation? I'm like, wait, but we have to. And he's like, yeah, we're going to spend it. Right. So I give him certain times of the year, like, uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving, those are your holidays. You can go wild. Mm. You know. Now how do you prepare for that financially? Putting a little aside. Uh, so you keep a little, the year. a little fun because you know he's just gonna go crazy. He's just gonna go crazy. <laughs> I know he's gonna go crazy. I'm like, it's it's like Chima at my house on Thanksgiving. Uh, meats everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Those are your two holidays: Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I know even with Christmas, he does extra stuff that I'm not even aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, but it's for Christmas and the kids. The kids didn't need it, but okay, whatever. I'm not right. going trip. Because other than that, I was driving myself crazy. Like, yo, spend out. It's like, you know what? Two holidays, you get it. <laughs> you know, or he'll just randomly like, hey, I found this deal. Let's go here. Let's go. And it's like, so I learned to compromise where mm. we have to say, but okay, we'll just spontaneously do, you know, whatever. It yeah. Is. You got you to gotta plan for the spontaneity. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So you just have to like emotionally prepare yourself that I got to be okay with this. So yeah, I'm married to a person that likes to do stuff like that too. So yeah, I have to. I I'm always calculating. How do I allow him to be him? Right. But make sure we ain't gonna be broke. Right. Right. <laughs> so and still enjoying the moment too. Yeah. Because I don't want to be crunching numbers in my head, and we're supposed to be out on a date or whatever, or right. taking the kids out. You can't enjoy it because, and I guess that would be one of the detriments. Yeah. Right. Because if you're too much into saving and not um, having a balance with being a risk taker, mm-hmm. then you don't get to enjoy the moment. Right. You know, and it's really important to enjoy the moment. You right. think about how when we were kids and, you know, the elders would tell us, well, you know, when you get older, this is going to break down. And that's body-wise. Yeah. Know, your health is going to start to fail. But then we're realizing that it's starting to happen earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of people our age or younger who are passing and you haven't enjoyed life. You haven't been anywhere. Right. Because you were too scared to take that risk. Right. To say, you know what? All right. Well, maybe I can move this around, move that around so I can enjoy it for the moment. Right. You know? And it, there has to be a balance. There yeah. has to be. There it definitely has to be a balance because you can, you know, spend all your time number crunching. Right. And you miss the very thing that you were trying to number crunch for. Right. Uh, and I talk about that in my book, uh, Money on Purpose, because I used to work with. Uh, a woman who was like that and she was saving up for her retirement and she had like two million dollars or something crazy but she was so scared of pulling the plug and she was like 70 so she was still working and she was like deathly afraid 
to stop working, even though she didn't really spend a lot of money because she didn't want to be poor. But she was living like she was poor already. So I'm like, but you're living your nightmare. So like the thing you're actually afraid of, you're living right now. Um, so I had to help her like spend a little money. And that's sometimes what savers got to do. Like you got to pull that up a little bit and spend a little money. So it's good that you're aware of that. Uh, cause a lot of people aren't, um, savers also like to avoid credit card debt. Savers hate paying interest and accruing debt. They want to pay off every bill in full right away. Is that you? That's what I'm still working. <laughs> I still aspire to be there, but I'm, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> so that is where maybe the risk taker comes into play as a secondary personality. You're like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll have the money. Right. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like to avoid it. Um, I don't have any credit cards right now. I have one credit card as a store credit card, but um, I think from a yeah, I really do hate that because the thought of paying interest, mm-hmm. it means you everything you buy, you're paying more for that thing right. when you don't pay it off right away. Um, so that is probably um, my reason for not going into credit card. Right. <laughs> like just the thought of I bought these pairs of shoes and I'm paying twice for that. Like that's the antithesis of what the rush of right. saving because then you didn't get a deal. Exactly. It's not a deal anymore. It's not a deal anymore because you. And at one point, I had paid all my credit cards off and I was done with it. The risk taker husband. It's like, oh, well, let's. Christmas time. You know Mm -hmm. what? They have, if you get this credit card, you get this Toys R Us credit card, you get this huge deal. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. No. And the next thing, you know what? Children's Place. When I want to randomly shop for the kids or whatever, I'll just. Mm -hmm. And it just kept going. I was like, you know what? I went from zero to four. Like, mm. you guys all have to go. Yeah. You all have to go. <laughs> so that is my goal now. I have been working to get rid of all of them. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. now it's just, uh, you lost that that joy of, right. you know, getting, saving whatever money you were saving right. by even opening the cards. Exactly. And, they, and they tempt you with this all the time. Like, oh, say, this is how they get people like us. Well, you can save 20% today. If you open this card, right? He like, no, I can't do it. It's, just, it's a trap. Um, so that is something that uh, savers have to be mindful of. Don't fall into the trap of saving money and then end up getting in debt um, because you ended up saving money. So how would you say that, um, from your perspective, how your faith has played a role in this uh, when you think about? Um, where God meets you as a saver, where does this show up now? <clears throat> so as far as my faith with finances, um, I remember there was a time when I was preparing to go to Lincoln and I was like, no, there's no way that I can go to school. Like I'm a homeowner. I have a my oldest son was in Catholic school. My oldest and only son at the time was in Catholic school. I'm like, you know, I have a car, no car insurance. There's, there's just no way. I was working two jobs at the time. And I remember I had just really started joining ministries at New Covenant. Mm-hmm. And everyone around me was either in school, had just graduated from school, um, or was talking about their school experience when, you know, years ago when they were in. I'm like, well, why do you have me around all these people 
with school. Like, if this is what you want me to do, then you have to find a way because I can't see it, you know, happening. Right. And I ran into someone who, um, one of Amir's, my son's um, classmates, his, we would take turns picking up the kids and dropping them off. And we were out one day and she ran into an old friend of hers who had just graduated from Lincoln. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, and graduated in the same field that I was going into. She's like, oh, um, and I was going, I had signed up for community. She's like, oh, she's about to go. She's going to go. She said, where are you going? She's going to a community. She's like, well, do you know about Lincoln's program? Mm. And I didn't. And she told me all about how long have you been in the field. She told me all about it, whatever. She said, you should go apply. So I applied. I was accepted. I had a start date. I started. I had to quit one of my jobs, which was a $10,000 pay cut. Mm. And Mm. after a couple of months in, I was starting to feel it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to end this program. And I remember we were in class, um, our field class. We were in class. And um, we were just, like, talking about life, different issues within life. And I remember raising my hand. I told my professor, like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Mm-hmm. She was like, what's going on? So I told her, you know, my financial situation. I'm like, I have responsibilities that I have to take care of. And she was like, that's it. We're going to put a hold on class. Do you guys hear this? Um, and so, you know, I'm in a field with like-minded people. I'm in a class with like-minded people. Everyone is in the field. So I had this person like, oh, I know this place that's hiring. And I have a connection over here. And, you know, so I linked up with one of the connections. I interviewed for uh, this one job. But when I got there, they were like, oh, you have all these qualifications. We're going to take you over here. They had me. I went for one interview, but I wound up interviewing for four different jobs. Wow. And at the end, they were like, so which one do you want? I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Choices? (laughs) It never happened before. And so I chose one. And that allowed me, out of the $10,000 that I lost, I got a $4,000 increase. Wow. So I'm like, okay. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? (laughs) So I'm on a job, and I was working for about three weeks. And they had just won a grant for another portion of, it was a welfare-to-work program. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a case manager. And so they had just won a new contract. and was like, oh, we have to take five people for this startup program. And you're going to be one of them. It's like, yeah, I've only been here for three weeks. Yeah, but you're doing excellent. You're going to go over here. So that gave me another $6,000 increase. Oh, wow. So I'm like, really, Lord? So we own a... Uh... $10,000 upswing from the $10,000 loss. So yes. 10 became 20. A loss of 10 became a gain of 10, but a total swing of 20. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, Lord. And from that point on, if he told me to do that, like it would be times where he would have me in church or I would be in church and he would randomly, randomly say, go give so-and-so X amount of money. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like walking up to people like, here, guys, want me to get this to you. I'm like, I'm a single parent. I have a single parent household. <laughs> right. I have this child. I have all these. And you want me to go give them $100, $200. It'll be like random amounts. And I'm like, all right, let me write my check. If I didn't have the cash on me or whatever, I would give it to them and go on. But every time I did that, my needs were always met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was never a like, even now, and being an author. There are times, yes, I had my book launch and everyone bought a ticket and I thank all those people. But there are times where God will put it laid on my heart to give someone my book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like randomly and he'll give me a word to give them. So I'm like writing them a message and I'm like, here. And I'm going on about my business. 
risk taker. I'm losing money. I'm losing profit. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, my some extra money. Like, right. it cost me money to do this. Exactly. And now I'm giving it away? Exactly. And but the times that I've done it, I'll have three, four people that's like, yeah, I'm going to buy your book. I heard you have a book. I'm going to buy your book. So I'm like, here, take this. You know? Right, right. You know, it's, and so the, if anything, my faith has increased because God has shown me that he is my provider. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to work 800 hours to, you know, make ends meet or whatever. If right. I, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How about that? All of these things will be added up <laughs> to me. I did not pay her to say that. I promise you. It's in, it's in the book. It's in the book. And by the book, I mean the Bible. <laughs> yes. And so I'm like, okay, I can live by this principle. And so I tried to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, my faith has tremendously been increased. Mm-hmm. Knowing that God will take care of all of my needs. Yeah, it's like, worry about what? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to bring up, because you talked before, um, when we were talking before about how, um, you know, when you go on vacation and things like that, that um, you plan everything out and you make sure you got enough money to do this and do that. Um, but you just got blessed with a vacation, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> tell, tell, the people, <laughs> tell the people about this vacation. So my husband is a community school coordinator through the mayor's beverage tax. And one of his partners, Full Abundance, um, nominated him for this uh, Father's Day surprise that Good Morning America was, um, you know, Providing. Mm-hmm. And so they had to interview quite a few people to find out which contestant would be the best. And they chose my husband. And so it was a big secret. I couldn't tell anybody. Just like round up people, tell them they have to be, you know, at this place on this date. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me a time, anything. That family was like, yeah, six o'clock. They have to be here. <laughs> and so we were like, look and at that's, me. that's uh, like, 6 a.m. A.m. <laughs> and you were like, looking at me like. Or asking over the phone, who gets honored at six o'clock in the morning? I'm like, listen, just go with me. You have to be there, you know. <laughs> so it was a lot that was until then. And day of, when we get there, they're like, yeah, we have a lot of surprises. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get them. Yeah, give them the surprises. No one told me about this trip. Mm. So they gave him, you know, quite a few things that day. Mm-hmm. But in addition to it, they, um, said, listen, you're giving back. So he was being honored for the work that he does with the community, uh, giving out fresh fruits and produce, you know, helping out several students at the school who have needs. Um, And then they wanted to look at him as a father. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, yeah, we know it can be, you know, pricey trying to raise these five kids. And so we're going to give you a trip. One of their partners paid for a trip for us to go to Aruba. Mm. (laughs) So we were like, well, all right. Um, and so that same day, they contacted us, you know, the location in Aruba, and was like, we saw you today with Good Morning America. We can't wait for you to get down here. We're like, well, we can't wait to get down there. Like, well, what days are you looking at? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's still all new. Didn't even know I was going. And right. so I'm like, I just have a series of questions to ask you guys for us to plan. Mm-hmm. What's included? So it was like a four days, three nights. Um, they'll give us a gift card towards food and incidentals. Oh. They're paying for our flight. Oh, <laughs> um, And so we were like, okay. I said, well, you know, we just have to get passports for the kids and figure out the kids, the older kids' schedule. And, you know, I'll get back to you with some dates. 
Well, someone got wind of that and was like, oh, the younger kids don't have passports. And mm-hmm. so they put out a call and we got a call like, yeah, we're going to take care of your passport. Not this person. Someone else was like, we're going to take care of your passports too. And I'm like, so you haven't spent a dime yet. I haven't spent anything. <laughs> and about to go to Aruba. I'm about to go to Aruba. <laughs> so yet again, uh, a seek ye first, <laughs> first moment. Yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God as you take care of his people. You know, here mm-hmm. it is, day in and day out. They honor my husband. Well, we work, both work in human services. And it's like every day you're going in to work with somebody to meet their needs, to impact, and you're impacting lives. Mm-hmm. Not for a pat on the back, not for anything, just to do it because it needs to be done. This is what we should be doing and seeking a kingdom. Right. And here it is, God, like, you know what? You guys have labored hard. You've done a lot. I want to have these people to now pour into you. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, imagine if we all had that mindset. Like, I'm just going to take care of your need. I'm not going to worry about me. Right. Um, I'm just going to take care of your need. But while I'm taking care of you, someone else. God laid it on somebody else's heart to worry about you and you're right. taking care of your needs. So if we all were doing it, imagine the domino effect that we have. Mm-hmm. If we're all thinking about somebody else's need yes. and then God is like, okay, well, I'm going to get somebody else to think about your need. Yeah. And what kind of a, a cycle. A cycle. <laughs> that one. That is the economy of the kingdom, though. We yeah. are called to seek his kingdom first. Uh, even in the Lord's Prayer, which I did an right. episode on that with um, Jason Holloway. And we talked about Thy kingdom come, um, meaning we are to seek his kingdom, right. not try to build our own. Uh, so if we focus on building our own kingdoms, then we are the antithesis of what God is actually calling us to do. Exactly. He's calling us to live in community with each other and to take care of each other. And, and that doesn't mean we're irresponsible when it comes to our own right. kingdoms, uh, so such as they are. But we recognize that we also have to think about somebody else, right. uh, what they might need. So even in saver personalities, you can't get caught up into hoarding. Exactly. Um, so let me give the, a couple of scriptures. Um, one, I, I'm doing scriptures of affirmation and then scriptures of caution. So the Bible speaks about each personality um, and how um, it's good to be this particular personality. So the first one comes from Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Uh, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. First of all, I like that the ant was a woman. A woman. <laughs> <laughs> and it lines up with the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> right, right, right. There's wisdom business. with yes. women. <laughs> but basically, uh, the, the, the wisdom word here is that Preparing for something in advance is wise. Uh, Making sure that when you need it, that you're saving money, putting it away, you're not looking to blow it all, that that um, is wise. Now, there is a scripture of caution that comes to the saver from Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetedness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Sometimes as savers, we can also get caught up into hoarding things, to storing things up so much so that we're now, uh, we have too much uh, for ourselves and we might actually be considered hoarding. Um, so it's good to that you are also a giver in conjunction with this because that can guard against 
you hoarding just for you. Right. So without the spirit of God leading, without um, God saying, hey, take care of these people. Right. One, of, one of your spiritual warfare <laughs> opportunities <laughs> when it comes to finance is giving. Right. Because it guards against this covet covetousness spirit mm-hmm. of I just want to have, I want to have everything. I want to control it all. I want it to be here. Um, giving it away is for you one of those things that can be a weapon. Um, so for all you savers out there, um, also be generous. Yes. <laughs> be generous because, yes, you might be good at putting money away for things and pr- preparing for things in advance um, and saving money, but you also might be um idolatrous and how that shows up and your stuff and all of your savings and taking uh, comfort in what you have could become an idol. uh, And that would put you at odds with God. So uh, guarding against that um, giving is a way to guard against that. Right. So sounds like you've learned that uh, lesson over (laughs) your lifetime. Also get a rush out of. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So when you can be just as joyful about giving as you can saving, (laughs) then that is truly a gift from God because the two should ordinarily not go together. You should not get both a rush from saving and giving because they're opposites. (laughs) It's like, no, I want to keep it, but oh, I want to give it away. Those are actually opposite. <laughs> so it is the spirit of God working in you. Yes. In case you were doubting. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm confirming that word. Well, thank you, Sharita, for uh, stopping by today and blessing us with uh, your savor personality. Thank you. And giving the people a little word. Um, you want to give a plug for your book one more time? Yes. And so... As Shana stated, the name of the book is Behind the We- Behind the Bell, sorry, Preparation for Marriage from a Biblical Perspective. I am open and available for any speaking engagements. Um, I can be contacted at contacted at Bell at gmail.com. Um, you can reach me through Shana. Um, I have plenty of books available. The book is also on Amazon. In addition to, um, I do direct sales. And so please reach out. I'll be waiting to hear from you guys. (laughs) I'm more than happy to share more information with you regarding my book. And thanks, Shana, for the opportunity. This has been awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming. Um, Thank you for blessing us with this, this time. Again, get the book Behind the Veil. Uh, it's under Vashti Reyes, so you know her as Sharita here, but when you look for her uh, <laughs> on Amazon, look for it as Vashti. So until next time, I'm again Shana Harvey from Insight Total Stewardship, and this has been Seeking First the Kingdom of God and all His Righteousness, and all these things shall be added, which was confirmed today. <laughs> but thanks for listening to Seeking First. We will see you next time. <laughs>